So I'll just uh, let you know what I'm grateful for today. I'm definitely grateful for these meetings, um, for all of you that you're out there uh, living a life of recovery and that under normal circumstances, or I don't know if they're normal anymore, that I could, I could see you and I could see your demeanor and I could see um, your recovery physically and also emotionally and spiritually. And uh, I'm also grateful for um, the spiritual part of my life. And then I'm grateful that I can actually say that, that I love my life. I, I cherish um, my life. And um, that's where I am today. And as far as my history of being a compulsive overeater, I, um, I, I believe, let's see, I had a very uh, lovely childhood where I was well taken care of. My mother um, served me three very nutritious, appropriate meals. Uh, she's very careful about what we ate. So I wasn't exposed to many, uh, what I call treat foods. And um, I just pretty much ate what was in front of me. I remember as a preteen, um, my brother teased me once and he suggested that I was overweight, um, which now in my experience is there's such a, a variety of sizes of people. But back in the 60s, uh, people were pretty much normal sized. And I think uh, uh, being 15 pounds more than someone else would have um, suggested that you were kind of fat. Um, <clears throat> I remember being interested in food now in retrospect where I wonder if other people aren't like that. Uh, I remember that uh, my parents were away and so I fixed my own meal and I had been taught how to make a hamburger and so I did that and then um, when I was done I actually made a second hamburger and I thought of it as very cool and wow isn't this great that I can eat two hamburgers and it was kind of a macho thing almost I would say and um, and uh, I remember really when I would eat certain foods uh, I, I would be interested in the high fat contact contact content of them like um sneaking a little bit of do you guys talk about food so sneaking a little bit of the fat when i was eating a steak and uh kind of knowing at that time it was inappropriate because probably my mother had suggested that that's the part that you don't eat but it was you know back to that treat idea i i really liked it so i would eat that um my my um okay so that's five minutes yes, and uh i what happened to me was i went to college and uh got to eat whatever i wanted whenever i wanted and that's when my uh my overeating became apparent to me i was uh, deeply disappointed that i could not stop myself from eating large bags like um, well, you guys know the, the pound bags or whatever of M&Ms. And, um, and then just when I would eat the meals, I, I, I went away to college. So I got to go to a um, meal service and I could eat whatever I wanted. And I started gaining weight. And by the end of the 
uh, time I left college, I was probably about 230 pounds. And mostly what happened to me also was the emotional upset that I started to have in my life. Uh, I wanted to be a certain way and I could not stop myself. And uh, I, I started to be at war with myself and uh, fighting myself. I also um, noticed a deep resentment to my parents. <laughs> and um, it made no sense to me, but um, at this time it makes no sense to me, but I'm sure uh, people that understand um, the development of, of us, that, that there's a, a point where I felt rejected and I used the fact that they were concerned about my weight as a way, a reason to target them and be mad at them. And uh, that was uh, something that by the time I left college too, I, I was resentful. And throughout my adult life, I, um, by the way, for, yeah, I'm like, well, I told you that I was in my childhood in, in the 60s. So I'm 62 now. And um, so all these years uh, until 2010, so until I was about 52, I lived in a world of resentment and fear and disappointment and shame. And uh, it was all fueled by um, this disease. And uh, I was uh, agnostic. I believed that if there was a, something wrong, all I needed to do was study the situation and um, figure out what I need to do and then go ahead and take steps to do it. So I was thoroughly confused when I could not, I could not do what I wanted to do. I could not control my weight. I couldn't uh, eat in a way. I did go to Weight Watchers and I remember uh, when I went to that first meeting, I was like, okay, well, I weigh I don't know, maybe 235 pounds and I'll, I'll never weigh this much again. And um, that, that wasn't true. And I wasn't able to really lose weight. Um, probably um, most of the average of my life was 270, my whole adult life. And then when I was really good, um, I would get down to about 250 pounds and be very proud of myself. So what happened was um, I... I got the diagnosis from the doctor in 2010 that my cholesterol was high. I'd already um, been through the high blood pressure and I, I was very careful about taking my medication because I know uh, how dangerous high blood pressure can be. So I had been on that for many years and being uh, good at taking my, my uh, blood pressure medication. But when they told me I had high blood pressure, I mean, uh, high cholesterol, I, I just um, went and decided I'd start another food plan. So I was, that was the early 2010, and I was very careful. And um, by March, I had my cholesterol taken again. And I think that was, I was 188, I'm 288 at the doctor's, um, at the doctor appointment that day. And then I got down to again about 255, um, probably by May. And, um, I went ahead and had my blood, uh, my cholesterol taken and it was low. And when the nurse told me I cried and it meant so much to me to uh, have that, have that uh, number under control. And then pretty soon I found myself at, uh, 
at 7-Eleven doing the two snack bags of chips and the um, two ice creams and the two candy bars. And, and then I would uh, be concerned about that and back to that, um, that fighting with myself and shamed and all that. And uh, that happened maybe once, you know, once. And then I told myself, that's okay, Carrie, these things happen. I'm going to continue to try because I, I know what it needs to do and I'm going to try harder. And, uh, and then, um, you know, pretty soon it was twice, twice a month, uh, twice a week. And then my weight was going back up. And so I had gained about seven pounds uh, back up, uh, 150 uh, let's see, two, 262 is what I was in October. And I went to my first, um, went to my first meeting. It was over in Orange, uh, California at uh, the, the Friday night meeting. And it was a, a speaker meeting. So I got to listen to somebody talk about what they did and how they could not stop themselves. And, uh, um, and also what they did was they, decided to find a sponsor, somebody in OA who had um, already been working the program and would and decided to do what they, they told them to do. So I was sitting next to somebody and I asked them, are you a sponsor? And they said, yes. And I said, I want one of those. And so she told me, well, why don't we go to another meeting? And that was the um, South County 100 pounder meeting on Sunday. So it was two days later. And she actually came and picked me up at my house. And that was so kind. And uh, that was uh, an example of, of the fellowship and how we can do for one another. And uh, she did that for me. And then I said, you know, she suggested that I go to, you know, more meetings um, and go check it out. And I told her, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm ready to go ahead and um, work with you. And so she said, call me on Tuesday. And I called her on Tuesday at six and she gave me a food plan. And she also asked me to go to four meetings and a week. And she gave me three names of people to phone and their phone numbers and also uh, she told me to um, phone her her sponsor my grand sponsor and uh, so I did talk with her about some of the suggestions were they didn't make any sense and she was really clear from the start she says well you know this is just what I know and you're welcome to go ahead and find another way to do it so I had the most amazing experience where um, the next morning I woke up and I followed her direction and then um, uh, the next morning I did the same thing and I read five pages in the big book and I sent her a little email, a little couple um, sentences about what I'd read and I kept doing that. And then after 30 days I'd read through the end of the big book and then we started meeting at her house on Wednesday nights and we started reading the big book together. And that was um, my formal introduction into the steps. And um, one of the big surprises for me, uh, I mean, I had heard the, uh, the concept higher power um, just out in pop culture about what 12-step programs are. And uh, so I realized that uh, because of that, my belief that all I needed to do was understand something, what I, what I call my thinking mind, let my thinking mind process this and then go ahead and take some action um, I had not had any need for um, a, a God, a power greater than myself, as the big book refers to it as God. Um, and so I, 
I didn't really ever develop that in my life. So um, I was surprised, but because I was all in, um, I went ahead and started using that phrase. And I chose power greater than me, just because that's so generic. And uh, I started looking for actually doing the third step prayer as I became conscious in the morning. And that's quite a different attitude for me to take to, um, to uh, look to a power greater than me for direction. And uh, I went ahead and did it. And I, uh, because the 12 steps are read at every meeting and I went to four meetings a week, I've heard those quite a bit. So I became familiar with the idea that um, I, uh, came to believe a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. No idea that I was insane, just knew that I was really annoyed. Annoyed that things weren't going my way, honestly. Annoyed that um, I couldn't do what other people did, and honestly, I was jealous. I wanted to be a normal body weight. I wanted to have relationships rather than just um, be in, in a place in my life where I call it boxed in by my resentments. Uh, basically, I found myself thinking about people, being annoyed by what they were doing, being insulted by what they were doing, and turning away from them. Okay, so there's 10, 10 minutes, so I have five more minutes. And um, I pretty much would turn away from people, and uh, pretty much I, my life was, you know, this big. There was so little to it. It was paper thin. And uh, I just had these thoughts and ideas and mostly about fighting with other people, intellectually fighting with myself, and then just living in this big world of I'm, I'm just a bad person. And uh, it, the food was a moral issue. I, I couldn't do what I saw other people doing. So I came, to, um, I came to believe a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, and then I made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of that power. And initially, it was simply doing what my sponsor told me. That's a really, really um, powerful power greater than me. Because, you know, sometimes if I want to use the phrase God, um, I could think of God as just not me. I also sometimes think of God as paying attention to this moment, and doing the next indicated step. And, and that's, um, that's so much freedom for me. So, so as I told you, things have changed radically. I, I don't need to fight with other people anymore. Um, and I have this whole uh, toolkit uh, of uh, ways to address my humanity. And I, I believe that I'm a mix of uh, humanness and uh, of, uh, of, of uh, otherworldly, you know, the, the godliness of this. And uh, it's an interesting process for me to swing between the different sides to that. Um, the other day I had made a phone order at a restaurant. And so I walked over there and I forgot my mask and I opened the door and I said, I don't have a mask. He says, well, you can't come in. I said, well, I've made a phone order and here's my money. And he said, go, go make, go phone and, you know, do this some kind of online payment thing. And I, I waved my bills 
And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in a public place, the doors open, there's people inside the restaurant. And so then I start yelling, I start saying, I've got, you know, I've got the money, can you please help me? And then I looked at the people that were in the restaurant and I said, can you help me? And, you know, I just kept doing this over and over and over again. And somebody asked, was it a resentment? And I said, no, it was just me thinking that I need special treatment. So I do a 10th step and this morning I got to um, go through the list of, um, of uh, you know, selfishness, you know, wanting things my way, wanting special treatment. And, and the great thing about this is that number one, I haven't mentioned that I found out I was a compulsive overeater and that's why I weighed um, 305 pounds a couple times in my life. And what does that mean? That means that um, even though I want, I mean, what it means is that I don't respond to food the way other people do. So, I mean, I, I tried to fit myself into a normal eater and I, I tried to like think, well, how come everybody else can just eat certain amounts of food? And um, then I found out what does it mean to be a compulsive overeater? It means that I don't have normal normal behavior toward food. So basically one thing I didn't mention is I have food plan um, because that's, you know, my sponsor wanted me to do that. And I realized that, um, that I couldn't do what other people did and I have alcoholic foods. And so once I eat those foods, I'm triggered in a way that other people are not and I am completely incapable. I'm powerless to stop myself from eating uh, more calories than I need to eat. So I, I have a, a pretty simple food plan. I, I keep it simple. Um, I weigh and measure my food and I do have yellow light foods that I'm actually struggling with right now. And, um, you know, I'm probably 10 pounds more than I um, is appropriate for me. And uh, so that is part of my journey right now is addressing that and I'm talking to fellows and I'm um, talking to my sponsor about what that's all about and uh, how to do that. It's been a year and a half, actually. So um, that's where I'm at. So basically, um, a power greater than me is reworking me and reworking me through my own personal experiences, my daily experiences. And uh, one of the things I get to do is I get to connect with a part of me that is beyond shame and beyond anger and wanting to fight with me people. And I get to um, be true to myself, the, the, the nature of myself. And that's it, that's my time. And I'm just gonna read this little doodad that I read at the everyone, at the end of every time I speak. And it's from page 11 of the big book. His human will had failed, doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Had this power originated in him? Obviously, it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute, and that was none at all. Thank you so much for letting me share.